Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got my cousin with me, Darnell, and I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 104th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. It's a must that we get right into March Madness, uh, so we're about to just get right into this tournament, man. Uh, it's been a little bit since we talked about it, um, but man, just what are your thoughts on this tournament so far? Is this the craziest tournament you ever seen? I would have to say so. I mean... Like, I mean, we, we've had some crazy ones with, like, George Mason going deep and stuff like that. But, I mean, you got, you got a tournament where it's 16 beat one, which a lot of people thought would never happen. But, yeah. of course, it has. And and you, you got this Loyola story, which is crazy. Uh, one side of the bracket is just chaos. The other side at least leveled out some with Villanova and Kansas. But, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, this, this tournament has been pure chaos as it's been fun, for yeah. sure. Yeah, man, I, I know for sure, man. I'm still getting into uh, some NCAA basketball and stuff, but this is probably going to be the last time I pick uh, Arizona's ass uh, <laughs> for that, man, because yeah, that was just uh, nuts um, with just how they were uh, playing and everything. Uh, you know, I knew like the D, not, not Arizona, but uh, Virginia um, with them. Uh, I knew their offense was. Uh, you know, people were questioning their offense and stuff, but I was not expecting them to get um, eliminated like that, man. So it's not this was the year most people thought like this was the team that could go make noise. I mean, they, they were scoring on people. They yeah, they averaged almost 70 points a game, which is unreal for them. And yeah. then they still had that pressure deep. Yeah, I think they just came in thinking this game would be a cakewalk and UNBC beat the brakes off of them. Exactly. Yeah. Most people thought when a one would, if, if a 16 ever beat a one, it would be off of some fluke last second shot and other team played a bad game or something like that. But no, like they, they molly walked. Yeah. So it's just, it's crazy, man. Uh, just, you know, like I, I said it before, man, they call it March Madness for a reason. And, uh, you know, it started off with a bang. So, uh, just been a fun tournament to watch. Um, also, man, I got to give a uh, props to Bayheim, man, um, with Syracuse, uh, for the last couple of years, man, they weren't really making that much noise, um, uh, during the regular season. Um, but him and his team, uh, they last year, uh, they did a, had a pretty good spark in the, uh, tournament. And this year, uh, they were close to advancing to almost had, uh, Duke, um, but fell short, man. So it's another guy, man, I got to, uh, no. Check them out some more during uh, March Madness because, you know, they were kind of sleeping on them during the uh, regular season. But, you know, the guy finds a way to win, keeps finding a way to win for that team. So, Yeah, they started the year rough, and, I mean, they were one of the questionable teams about slipping in the, in the tourney. But, I mean, they they took the opportunity and ran with it. Yeah. Now, just a question for you, man, because uh, last time we talked about the tournament, um, I believe you and Tyler had uh, Loyola, uh, Chicago. Um, you guys had them beating uh, Miami, um, I believe. Um, yeah. But, you know, they made it this far. Um, just what, um, you know, like what was your reason behind that, man? Uh, like what what about their play or whatever? Um just kind of caught your eyes that they were going to advance um, in the first just, round, and then I just saw some some random film on them and like seen some games, and I, I've been hearing a lot of analysts 
to pick them up and how they play and you know and and seeing just they're they're a well coached team they're put together well and like I know they they did have they were up and down during the year but it's just I don't know, just had that feeling that they would be one of those teams. I didn't, of course, I didn't expect them to make it all the way to the Final Four, but I, I just thought for sure they would make some noise in the first round, maybe be able to get past two rounds before the the talent level is too much for them. But yeah. they they have well, uh, they've gone well beyond what I expected of them. Yeah. Uh, well, beyond a lot of people expected of them, so it's uh, they're looking pretty good, man. We're going to touch on them a, l- a little bit later uh, with their matchup against Michigan. Um, but I mean, let's get right into your squad, man. Uh, Michigan State. Um, just so how how do you how are you feeling about your uh, squad, man? Um, really think uh, you probably be a little bit disappointed, and uh, especially the last game uh, with kind of how Bridges and every. Body played, but um, just what were your thoughts on the squad this year? I mean, it was a failure of a season. Yeah. Even though they only lost four game, four regular season games, uh, everybody came back to win a championship, yeah. and you know they didn't they didn't get anywhere near it. They lost in the second round, so yeah, I I have no problem saying for a, a team with that much talent, this was a failure of a season. Yeah. Now, how did, how are you feeling about Izzo, man? Because, you know, he's Mr. Marsh Madness. You know, he's making a, you know, always, you know, he gets to the final four and whatnot, it seems, uh, with him. Last year, they had an early exit. Um, this year, had an early ex- exit. Many people expected them to win a championship. Um, and then you had the whole allegations come out with the whole sexual assault um, issues and everything going on with him, too. Um just how are you just feeling about Izzo right now with just kind of like the disappointment and everything that's been going on with him the last couple of years? Lack kind of gave a pass just because the team was super young. It was like their whole starting lineup was freshmen. So uh, I thought they did well enough for what they were. Uh, you know, two years ago was the bummer when they lost in the first round with, uh, with the Valentine-led team. Yeah. Uh, but That's I mean, right. Yeah, Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, this game against Syracuse, I, I this was probably the worst Izzo coach game I've ever seen. Hmm. Uh, there was no adjustments made. I'm confused at how he didn't play Nick Ward or Jaron Jackson really at all. It felt like uh, it just it just didn't seem like his head was in the game for some reason. He just no adjustment to try to deal with that zone. Uh, when the three stopped falling, he he didn't do anything to make it right. Yeah. Uh, so that that was very disappointing to see that. Uh, and then just his his selection of just what players to have in at certain times. Like I, it, it was honestly it was just baffling yeah. <laughs> uh, to me. Uh, was seeing, like I said, just not if he if he saw if he thought something was an issue with playing uh, Langford and Ward uh, together against that. Like I don't get why he wouldn't shift uh, Bridges down to the four and play with one of those two in the game. 
but he just he 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 got too stuck in the ground with what he wanted to do, and yeah. I, I think that was just a big issue for him. Yeah, uh, you, you have you have two first round picks. You got to have them in the game, and you have to put them in position to win games for you. Yeah, uh, the threes weren't falling. I think I think they shot like twenty percent from three. So that's where you have to try to do something to work inside on them. And they were getting Syracuse's big guys in foul trouble, so I don't know why he didn't just force the issue. Yeah. Yeah, so. man, it was, it was uh, you know, it, it was a very, uh, you know, competitive game. Both teams played sloppy. But I, when I just saw that, uh, you know, they were just letting Syracuse just hang on, I was like, man, if they – keep letting this team just hang on like that, um, Syracuse is going to end up winning, and that's what happened. Um, to stick with Michigan State's talent, I think they should have uh, definitely had a uh, – I'm not going to say breeze, but it, 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 they should have played a whole lot better um, than what they did. That was just – I was very shocked by that, um, especially with Bridges' play. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, he – Izzo didn't do anything to force him to be motivated. He let the whole team get laxed and comfortable just jacking up threes. Yeah. Like I said, I think if they put Bridges at the four and put him at the high post where for some reason he was letting Ben Carter, a uh, a forward, senior forward that he didn't play a ton the whole year but somehow decided to give him major minutes and no production, I don't get why you wouldn't put Bridges there and force him to get into the middle of that zone to force either the big guys to come up or the guards to sag more and give you better looks for those three so maybe something falls or easy looks down into the post to either Jackson or Ward, whoever they would add in. It was just... And I'm not a coach by any means, but that just seemed clear to me, like, why wouldn't you do something like that? You put your best players in position to do things for you, not let them be comfortable just jacking up threes. Yeah. I can agree with that. Um, Now, news just came out that Bridges, uh, he's decided to go to the NBA draft. Um, How you feel about that, man? Um, You know, I know I recognize Bridges is uh, one of the best players out there, but still to me, I kind of feel like his uh, season this year has kind of been somewhat of a disappointment, man. I just, I don't know if we just seen the best of Bridges, uh, his full potential um, come out yet, uh, you know, with this season. Uh, You know, obviously with the NBA, you're going to be making money and, you know, you could definitely develop in the NBA, but um, just how do you just feel um, about him going to the draft? You would you like to see uh, you know him go another year at state and see if he could you know reach that full potential, or just how are you feeling about that? I mean, of course, if he decided to come back, I, I would have been overjoyed. But do I think it was something he should have done? No, I, I I was shocked when he came back last year. Yeah, uh, honestly. Yeah. Uh, he he has an NBA body. He, he's a big uh, wing. Uh, there's some stuff he has to work on. Uh, his his long range shot is not consistent. He'll need to work on that, and I think he needs to work on his handle a little bit because I think that was one of the struggles he had in late game. If he had a reasonable on ball defender on him, he he seemed to have trouble getting to the rack as as athletic as he is. So. There's some things to work on. I think he'll probably be a late lottery pick. 
so somewhere in that 14 to 17 range for a pick. Okay. Uh, the season I wanted to see improvement, so maybe he jumped up to be a top 10 type pick. Yeah. But uh, he, he'll he'll make some money, and like I said, I think some teams will be interested in that athletic ability, seeing what they can do with it and mold it. But uh, yeah, it, was, it was time for him to go. I, I have no issue with it. Yeah. Now, is there a uh, team um, in the NBA uh, that you think uh, will suit him uh, pretty well, uh, just with his play and everything, or you just think he'd be a good match anywhere or what? Uh, I don't know if I – like, I would probably just have to look at some more NBA teams just to see where he would fit. Yeah. Uh, I think I think he needs a stronger personality coach that will, you know, get up in his face and get him motivated because I think that's that's an issue. And yeah. even though he had a strong-willed coach like that with Izzo, yeah. uh, sometimes I don't feel like Izzo picked the right times to do it. But okay. uh, yeah. I, I, I think he needs a, a coach that will be, or or at least teammates that will be in his face to make sure he, he stays in the game because he's too talented to, you know, kind of sag off and be fine taking jump shots like he does at times. Yeah. I can agree with that. All right. Now, another player um, that's made a name for himself this year is Trey Young. Um, what are your thoughts, uh, thoughts about him going into the draft? Uh, he was playing spectacular, man. I don't know if it was just his uh, condition or what, but he started to die off a little bit um, during the end of the uh, regular season and then you had the early exit uh, for Oklahoma um, in the tournament. Um, so, just what are your thoughts on just this stock uh, right now going to the to the NBA draft? As of right now, I do feel like he's still like a top three type pick. Uh, he he showed too much during the early season not to be. I just think kind of having to have the team on his back every game caught up to him. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, I don't know if that's conditioning or it's just he actually just had to do too much and it kind of broke him down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the numbers he were, he was putting up just seem ridiculous. Uh, yeah, not sustainable unless your name is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not one of those type of otherworldly athletes that's like built to play for thirty years, like a like Westbrook or LeBron or something like that. He, yeah. He's he's slender and in build and everything. He he hasn't he doesn't have his NBA body yet. Yeah. So they'll they'll take some work there, but uh, I definitely think he's still one of the first two or three names taken, if not the first. Yeah. So so I I don't think he he hurt himself. I just think he didn't have enough talent around him and just the the weight of putting ten other guys on his back just caught up to him. Yeah. Can agree with that for sure. Now, um, as far as the tournament goes, um, do you feel as if there are any players uh, that made a great name for themselves um, in this tournament? Funny enough, no, just because of how wacky this tournament was. <laughs> <laughs> like with with how many of the lower seeds that won, like they're good stories, but I don't think there was any players that emerged outside of just what we expect and know. Yeah. Uh, as far as what's coming out, I don't, I don't think there's just like, oh, one of these kids from Loyola, like somebody may have snuck into the end of the first round or is a, is now a draft pick yeah. outside of, uh, you know, 
not being not having a chance to make a to get to to get drafted or even make a G League team or something like that. But but no, I don't I don't feel like anybody who's just like okay, this this player has arrived or anything like that. No, yeah, I, I think I think the draft the players that are coming out are still basically what they are. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel the exact same way, man. You know, usually like a tournament like this, uh, it's a great way to uh, see players who uh, just aren't known that much or just uh, guys are just like right on the peak of uh, possibly making it uh, to going pro or things like that to see them name, uh, make a name for themselves. But just kind of like how I'm looking at it now, man, it just seems like the year, just the teams, uh, the teams that like a lot of people just weren't expecting uh to just do great things with upsetting a uh, number one seed um, in the first round of just like a Loyola uh, Chicago going in there and making it this deep. So, um, yeah, that's that's just my key takeaway. It was just more instead of a player focusing on players, it was just like a truly just like a team um, theme uh, going into this tournament. So, yeah. yeah. No. All right. Um well, let me say this uh, before we get into these games, man. Um, you know, I, I had a chance to check out that uh, Zion Williamson guy and uh, his highlights. Uh, that guy's absolutely insane, man. Um, that that dude's highlight reel looks like a freaking NBA Street Volume Three game play or something, man. Like you, like you doing game breakers or some shit in, out there, man. Like that is just crazy. Uh, just that guy's athleticism and just explosiveness so uh that's gonna be a guy i'm gonna be willing to check out uh next year for sure uh but i just had to say that man because i that guy's just insane i was i was going on twitter i was like man zion williamson who the hell is this guy and yeah he's yeah that that guy's uh the man so i'm, I'm definitely gonna be checking him out next year for sure see what he's gonna bring to the table yeah um but let's get into these games man um uh, we'll save, we'll save Michigan, uh, for last, uh, you know, for my man Ty's sake. Uh, so let's get right into, uh, Kansas and Villanova. Um, Villanova's favorite in this one. Um, but just what are your thoughts on this matchup between Kansas and Villanova this Saturday? I mean, this is, if, if you are one that doesn't like a lot of upsets or something like that. This this is the game you're waiting for. I mean, this is two powerhouse teams. It's two one seeds going at it. Uh, I'm pretty sure this, that's why this is the the, the two. Because uh, <clears throat> this is the one where you got more household names, so you, you're going to more people are probably going to tune in for this one. I, I know a little story, but you know, you got a game with Villanova and Kansas, two two teams with a great pedigree to them. Uh, yeah. This is what everybody's getting ready to look at. You got Devontae Graham on one side, uh, who's been a beast all year, and then Jalen Brunson. You got some really nice guard play shaping up to go uh, up against each other. Um, who do you got in this one, man? I'm going to go with Villanova. Villanova. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with the same, man. I just, you know, Kansas is looking good. You know, you can never just count them out, man. But I, uh, how I'm thinking, I think it's either going to be Villanova or, uh, whoever wins this, uh, 
game uh, out of between Kansas and Villanova. I think they're going to end up winning it all. Um, but just about both of these teams, man, they can just play. I just like uh, the teamwork, man, how the guys just go out there and can just ball. Um, but just just kind of like the experience between these uh, two game teams just being in there and uh, like that is just going to be a fun matchup. And like I said, whoever wins this one, um, I think it's going to win it all. But, yeah, I think Villanova is going to come out on top uh, between them and Kansas too. So. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And then just out of two, I just think I think Villanova has a little bit more of an offensive punch to him, which is what, what I think will take him carry him. Yeah. All right, now, uh, well, first, man, before we get into this game, just uh, what were your uh, just thoughts on Michigan making it this far, man? I'm not shocked. Not shocked. Uh, I mean, if, if you remember when we talked about the the seating for everything and you know, the interstate complaints about Michigan not playing in Detroit. Yeah. My thing was be happy. <laughs> you have a better, better, uh, route. Yeah. And, and it played out. Very they, true. Things fell in place for them. Not saying that it was just simple for them to get there, but they, they got to play some and, and made their way through to get here. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't go uh, wrong with that at all, man. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people was complaining about them not being in Detroit, but I think they had the uh, best bracket um, to play in, just in terms of them just advancing, um, with just how everything went down in that uh, particular region. Um, so uh, it's, it's worked out for them great so far, man. I just have to see if they can uh, keep knocking down those buckets and everything and uh, see if they can potentially win this, man. But they've been playing some great basketball. Yeah, and and I gotta give Beeline some props. He's he's been coaching his tail off this year. Yeah, uh, I think he did just win a Coach of the Year award, and he definitely deserves it. More like all kinds of props to him. Rivalry aside, and me hating the school, he's a good coach and he's a good guy. Yeah, you think he's kind of uh, you know he's making uh-huh. a name for himself, but uh, you know you still think he's kind of like a um, underrated coach. Um, in a way, because I mean, like Michigan, uh, you know, they won the Big Ten last year. Uh, but coming into this, a lot of people didn't really have a lot of expectations uh, for me. You know, they thought Michigan State um, had it locked and everything. He ended up winning again, uh, the Big Ten again, and then going, uh, making it this far into the uh, tournament. So you, you think he's uh, underrated or you think like right now, like you just have to like admit that he's like one of the hottest co- coaches out there right now? Or- how do you, how do you I mean, anybody that's like keyed in, they know he's a good coach. But uh, if I can make a comparison to my school, I feel like he's a lot like uh, Coach D'Antonio. He okay, yeah. doesn't, doesn't have to get the be- best uh, recruits, but he he molds his team and into how he wants them to play, and they they come out and, and do big things for him. I mean, this is this is his second Final Four. Uh, if he wins, it'll be his second uh, national title game. Yeah, um, I know he'll hope for a better outcome uh, than the first one, but yeah, he's he he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, people can't deny this guy. He's a great coach. Yeah. Uh, now let's just get right to this game, man. Uh, Loyola, Chicago versus Michigan. Um. You know, Michigan's the home crowd, man. But, uh, like, out of me, like I said, I, I think uh, whoever wins out of Kansas and Villanova, I think they're going to win it all. 
But um, me, I'm rooting for the underdog in Loyola, man. They just came out of nowhere. But um, just thoughts on this good matchup, man. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting just because like uh, Michigan isn't a roster full of five-star recruits, but one would assume that they have more talent than this Loyola team, but Loyola's gotten this far, yeah. and they they play some good ball. I mean, they play really good defense. Uh, they, they're always game and, and – Getting after people. Yeah. Uh, I think this this is actually two pretty good defensive teams going against each other. They're kind of molded in similar ways. Uh, but I just have to think Michigan has a little more talent. So I, I, I'm also rooting for the underdog and rooting against the school yeah. that I'm not a big fan of. <laughs> about to say, man, you ain't going to have the uh, Go Blue shirt on for the. Nah, no. Nope. <laughs> I, I won't openly root against since my wife went there. But, yeah, uh, yeah, nah. I, if if they win, I will congratulate. I'm not a complete hater. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and and I do think they'll win this game if if I had to put money down on picking Michigan. Yeah, I I feel the exact same way, man. I just think uh, just with the schools and everything, I think Michigan uh, they have the uh, more talent and everything like that. Uh, they got a great coach. Um, and everything, and, you know, Loyola, I'm going to be rooting for them, but I just think uh, how everything's set up, I just think Michigan's a better team. Um, but Loyola, they've been beating everybody else that's been coming through their way, so if they, they've done it before, they could do it again against this Michigan team, but um, this is going to be a good one to watch, for sure. Yeah. Now, out of these two, uh, you think, uh, which one you think is going to be the more entertaining one to watch? You think Kansas and Nova? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm more keyed up to watch that you got NBA players on, on yeah. those two teams going against each other you you might have one NBA talent uh right now in, between these two teams and that's a late pick too in in Moak Wagner Wagner yeah let me say it right yeah all right now uh anything else man for uh NCAA basketball uh before we move on Nah, just like you said, this has been the craziest tournament ever. The only thing that can make it crazier would be Loyola winning it all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, just uh, really impressed with this one, man. Like, I really got into the tournament um, a couple years ago, man, and this one just takes the cake. Um, you know, you really got to be keyed in on those games, man, because you'll never know what exactly is going to go on, so... Uh, this has just been a, it's been a painful little one to watch because of the brackets, but, uh, just like in, in terms of just, you know, just eye candy, uh, this has just been a good one, uh, just to look at with just how these teams have just, uh, came out there and just balled out like they have. So just looking forward to Saturday. Yeah. yeah. All right. For NBA, uh, we're about to get right into, uh, Joel, Joel Embiid. I uh, just found out that he had a orbital fracture. Um, and he's going to be out. I think they were saying about two to four weeks. Two to four weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this team, they secured a spot in the playoffs, man. So just what do you think about this whole Joel Embiid injury? And how do you think that's going to end up affecting this 76ers team? Uh, I mean, you, you said they blocked up a spot. It's, it's, it's for sure for them. Uh, let me, let me check to make sure, but I believe they had. Yep. Yep. They have. So I mean, it, that's 
at least is not a big blow that will cost them there. Yeah. Uh, of course, you don't want one of your best players sitting on the sideline and possibly coming into the playoffs rusty, especially since it's such a young team. Yeah. Uh, but it's seeing that it's an orbital bone or orbital bone. Yeah. That's rough just because, you know, like, you hope it, it's not, uh, he probably will have to wear a mask, I assume. When he comes back, yeah. hopefully that doesn't bother him or anything. But you know, this is a team with a lot of upside. Uh, you're yeah. seeing what the future could be for them. That yeah, they they've gotten themselves they're up in the four spot right now, so they'll have a home playoff series at first. So I think they'll want to try to hold on to that because you know, the, yeah, the Indiana's right behind, yeah, yeah, right behind them with so, half a game. So yeah, so that that's the big thing there. Just can they? hold on and win enough games to stay in that top four so they can at least have a home series for their crowd. Yeah. Uh, that'll, yeah, I, that'll be good for the, uh, the city of Philly, man. Uh, cause I was, remember well, when they, they were just, just Super Bowl. yeah, so, well, yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So you, you can't really top that, but, uh, just in terms of NBA, um, you know, just looking at just how this team was just tanking, and um and everything it was getting annoying, but uh we just saw all those pieces uh come together like the Embiid, uh Ben Simmons, uh Fultz just uh came back, he had a good game, uh come back from his injury and everything. So um those guys, man, uh, you know, they're young right now, you know, not a lot of people are not expecting them to head to the finals or anything like that. But uh, just how this team is built, um, they're definitely gonna be the future. Uh if they can just keep uh Playing together and can uh, max out their full potential, you know, with Simmons and Embiid and, and you know, Falsus can really be a dangerous team, um, really dangerous team going forward. Um, so, but just in terms of that, uh, man, just with this injury, uh, it's pretty much a blow for uh, this team because whenever you can have a guy like Embiid not being out there in the court, that really just changes everything. Um, so, it's going to be tough. Uh, just like I said, just hopefully they can get that uh, home court. Uh, so they can go out there, man, have the crowd behind them and everything like that for potentially uh, four games in Philly. Uh, so just have to see, man. But uh, that's definitely a blow uh, with the playoffs being right around the corner. So it's definitely got to be frustrating for the squad. Now, uh, got to talk about my man Kawhi, too, with his injury, man. Uh, he's had teammates, uh, Tony Parker, coming out saying that, we you know, hey, man, my – Injury was a lot uh, worse than his and, you know, so forth. They're having teams meetings uh, talking about, uh, you know, encouraging him to come back. Um, just crazy, man. Uh, just what were your thoughts and just on this whole uh, Kawhi Leonard situation? Uh, you think he's actually hurt or you think he's, like, still having a problem with the Spurs organization? Like, how? how what are your thoughts right now, man? How do you feel? I mean, it's hard to speculate. Of course, you don't want to say somebody's faking an injury, but is he waiting till he's absolutely 100% to come back instead of coming back when he could at 85, 90% to help this team? It's definitely a possibility. And, yeah. you know, just the way things have gone, there's definitely some bad blood that has been built uh, between Kawhi and the Spurs. Uh, or him and Pop, however, whoever, however this is going. But yeah, there's there's something there where it seems like 
he he's not in any rush to come back any earlier than when he's absolutely healthy or after apparently. Yeah. yeah. Uh that bridge is that burnt. Yeah. So it's I feel the exact same way as you, man. You know, like I said, my nickname is for Kawhi is a silent assassin. You know, he goes out there, handle business, uh doesn't really not really that social, anything like that. So it's hard to, you know, um, you know, evaluate or find out, you know, what's going on through a person's mind or anything like that when they're just remaining silent and everything like that. So some people were saying, you know, his uncle uh has something to do with this. Some people saying that, you know, Kawhi wants out of the Spurs. Um I don't know what's going on with it, man. I just know that, you know, the dude's a beast. Uh, and, you know, he's a fun guy to watch out of, uh, on that court. So, you know, hopefully whatever's going through, whether it's a team uh, situation or whether he just wants to be 100%, because uh, you really got to be careful with those hamstrings and those quad injuries, man, because, you know, if they're not 100%, you know, one move uh, that can really make you set you back um, a couple weeks or so. So it's – you know, I could definitely understand coming from him if he wants to be 100% out there because, you know, those quads and his hammies and stuff like that are absolutely no joke. So um, I could definitely understand where he's coming from there. But uh really miss seeing the guy on the court um, this year. So just hopefully, you know, whatever situation, um, whatever the problem is, hopefully it could be resolved in a good manner. Yeah, and I mean, just crazy to see this coming out of the Spurs organization. It was basically yeah. the NBA's version of the Patriots. Yeah. Where it's just absurdities don't happen. Yeah. But I still, man, like I said, I said it before too, man, I got to give Pop his uh, credit, man. It just really shows just how great of a coach um, he is. Uh, when you can get a guy like Hawaii uh, pretty much being out uh, the season, I uh, played a couple of uh, played a f- uh, few games, but whenever you got a guy like him that could adjust um, and still, you know, they could still miss the playoffs. They, they got a, a spot right now, but um, whenever you he can just adjust and uh, have a guy still competing for a playoff spot uh, with Kawhi being out like that, man, it really just shows how great of a coach Pop is. So, sure, yeah. Now we're about to talk about the Golden State Warriors um, having some quite a few injuries right now, man. Uh, you know, Steve Kerr came out and said Steph is going to possibly miss the first round of the playoffs. Uh, I think Draymond's dinged up. Uh, Clay Thompson has had issues with his thumb. And I think KD's having a problem, too. Um, how concerned are you with this Warriors team, man? Um, you know, a lot of people expected them to have the number one spot, but it looks like uh, the Houston Rockets uh, are going to end up securing it uh, soon. So uh, just how concerned are you with this Warriors team? Is there no concern? Uh, just how are you feeling? It? There's definitely concern. I mean, when your best four players are all dealing with something, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, uh, I'm not like the world is – going to end right now because of it, as long as they they can all get back in time for the first round series. Uh, I do think they can probably pop whoever they get in the first round, even if it's uh, as long as they can get three of them back and healthy. Yeah. Uh, but that's where I'm cutting it. I, I do think they need uh, either Steph or, or uh, KD and along with uh, Clay and Draymond. 
uh, okay. to to get by that first round series. I do think they need one of their one of their stars along with uh, their two alpha dogs. Right? Well, one of one of their two alphas as far as scoring, and then their their leader on the court, which is Draymond. I, I, I do think they need some semblance of that. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it's, you don't like to see a team with you know. You don't, you don't, you only have so much talent on the team, and it's those four guys who are all all stars, all star caliber players in their own right. Yeah, you can't have everybody hurt. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that, man. I'm just trying to find out like what's up with Steph Curry getting injured. Like, see, like he's get, always getting injured, like a week or so right before the playoffs, man. Like he's having some type of injury he's dealing with before that. Like I know it's a long season. Um, you know, stuff like that, you know, you're definitely not going to be 100% coming uh, at the end of the year, especially when it comes to uh, playoff time. But it's kind of just crazy, man, how he's um, kind of had to deal with these injuries and such uh, when it comes to playoff time uh, right there. So uh, good. Like I said, I'm not big on the Warriors. I understand that they are a, uh, you know, a dominant team. Many people are expecting them to win. Um championship this year but um you know those guys are fun to watch i have to admit that so uh it's definitely gonna help to have uh those pieces back together um so just hopefully everything's works out good for them now just to touch on this playoff situation in the west man uh this is very uh close um when it comes to the teams, uh, right now, uh, I'll say, just say that five through uh, eight spot, we have New Orleans, San Antonio, Minnesota, and Utah. Um, New Orleans and San Antonio, they're 18 games back, and Minnesota 18 and a half, and Utah with 19 uh, back from the number one spot. And then at the nine and 10 spot, you have the LA Clippers and Denver. Uh, the Clippers, they're 20 games back, so they're one game back from the eighth spot, and Denver two games back from the eighth spot. Um, just what do you think, man? you think uh, the Clippers or Denver could possibly overtake any of those uh, five through six, five through eight teams um, in there to possibly get a spot, or you think it's pretty much secure between uh, five through eight or what? Uh, uh... I won't say no. I mean, anything's possible, but I mean, Denver, uh, one of their better players is dealing with an injury. He's missed, I think, the last four games for him. Uh, and then the Clippers just, like, who do they have that really just steps up and can take over a game? Yeah. That's not DeAndre Jordan. So, yeah. Uh, so I, hey, I guess Austin I, Rivers, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess I'm just not feeling it from them. Yeah. Uh, I do like I do like the talent on Denver when they're totally healthy. I think they would have a shot at doing this, but uh, due to them having an injury to one of their better scorers and slash shooters, yeah, I, I, I figure it, the top eight price stays as it is. Yeah, I feel the exact same way, man. Um, I think if anybody was to do it, I just think it would probably be the Clippers, man, just because, you know, Doc River, he's a great coach. I think he'd find a way to pull his team together um, and do that. 
uh, just with the pieces that he has. But I, I just I don't think that's going to end up happening um, with Minnesota, San Antonio. No, San Antonio, they're banged up. But, man, I just I just believe in Pop. I think he's going to find a way to uh, make sure his team ends up making a spot, getting the spot in the playoffs. And uh, New Orleans, um, got to give a shout-out to AD, man. Um, you know, always concerned with him, uh, with him getting uh, banged up and having injuries during the season. But when Boogie went down, um, I knew that his guy, this guy's numbers was going to shoot up like a rocket, and they did, man. AD just took over and has that team uh, secure with the uh, fifth spot right now. So it's – I do. I, I like I like these teams uh right now, uh that are in the five through eight spot. I think they're gonna end up securing it, um, and make sure that the Clippers and Denver's stay out of the uh playoff picture um for the season. So I I agree with you there, man. I think uh right now the five through eight teams, I think those are gonna be the teams that are gonna end up making the playoffs. So All right, now anything else for the NBA? No, I'm just kind of ready for the playoffs to get here. Yeah, well, just real quick, man. Um, just how uh, happy are you that your dog uh, kids going into the uh, Naismith Hall of Fame? Well, definitely deserving. Uh, so happy for him. Uh, he gets gets his place with with all the greats. Uh, yeah. I just hope he's not once again incorrectly overshadowed by the other point guard that's getting in with him. <laughs> I, hey man, listen, I think Kid, I, I, I think Kid was a better player than Nash, just all around, man. But I think Nash is probably going to be the one to headline it. Like I, I, hey, I, I like Nash and I like Kid. So I mean, both of my dogs. But uh, you know, I, I would have to admit, man, I think Kid. Uh, what he was able to do, man, on offense, um, you know, one of the best uh, three-point shooters uh, is Kid, man, but how he was able to just uh, take control of offense, man, you know, when he was got to get, that, get on that fast break, dude was just unstoppable, his speed, uh, you know, his passes, and the thing that really separated him from Nash, man, was his defense. Kid was just tenacious on D, so... He could do it all, man. But I, I do. I think, man. I think Nash is going to be the guy that's going to be the one headlining it. So it's hate to say it, but I, just I, I wouldn't doubt it either. It's just like I said, it's annoying just knowing that one is <laughs> clearly a better player than you. Somehow, Nash gets so much credit. Yeah, I will say this too, man. I was on, you know, I was on Twitter. Um, you know, you shouldn't really take, you know, everything stuff that a lot of people say on Twitter um to heart you know a lot of people are just crazy as hell but um I, I disagree with a lot of people saying that Grant Hill shouldn't have uh made it uh to the um Hall of Fame now you were questioning whether he should have been a first ballot uh guy or not I can understand that uh but just me man growing up uh dude like I remember man when I like first got to the NBA man it was like Grant Hill and Kobe Bryant those were my two dudes growing up man and you know grant hill he had those um injuries and stuff um i really do man i personally believe if he didn't have those injuries i think he could have been better than kobe bryant i mean the dude was just phenomenal in terms of him just scoring he he like you said it before man but he was lebron before lebron came into the nba man he was doing it all he was passing he was getting boards uh 
scoring the ball, man, he was doing it all. But um, it's good to see him uh, get into there as well. Uh, just because he was just a huge part of my childhood growing up, watching him uh, rock with the Pistons uh, when he was growing up. So it's just cool to see him in there. But I really think he should have made it to the Hall of Fame. Um, now, you know, whether you want to think he wants to be a first ballot or whatever, you know, I can understand that just with the injuries and how everything went down with his career. But uh, if you truly uh, witnessed that guy, um, when he was just starting to reach his prime before the injuries um, and everything like that, you truly would understand just how great of a player he was and how great he really could have been um, if it wasn't for those ankles uh, that he had. Yeah, uh, and I have no problem with him making it first ballot. Like, like I told you, we talked about it offline. As I said, talent-wise, there's no doubt he's the Hall of Famer. I was, I'm surprised he was the first ballot just because, like how you were talking about just on Twitter feeds, I know just some people just question it because he has such a short peak in the NBA. And then once, once that first ankle injury happened, it kind of just went downhill from there until he leveled off a little bit for his last three years to where he was a, still a serviceable player. Yeah. Uh, but just not, not where he was. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I have no issue with him making it just because, I mean, like like you, I I watched him too uh, since he was a piston here, and dude was great. Yeah. So, but I will never forget though, man. Um, you know, you want to talk about super teams, but possibly having him, uh, Tracy uh, McGrady and Tim Duncan, but uh, Tim Duncan couldn't fly the front, uh, family on the plane, man. So. That's why he didn't end up going to Orlando. But, dude, if that would have happened, that would have been a sick roster. Oh, yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. So just had to put that out, man. But um, anything else to add uh, for NBA or basketball? Nah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Something uh, else we're about to just touch on, just this whole Michael Bennett situation. kind of just pissed me off, man, with what was going on uh, with him, um, particularly this whole situation of him getting arrested and everything. But um, just what were your thoughts on uh, this whole Michael Bennett uh, situation? Just kind of crazy. Uh, unbelievable, I guess, is yes. the main thing I can say for right now. It doesn't fit his character for what we yeah. know uh, Michael Bennett to be. Yes, he's a football player. It's a violent sport, but this is one guy uh, as far as like the causes he sticks up for, his charitable donations, uh, all that he and his brother just do for communities. I did not know they were brothers. Uh, just real, like I just found that out. I was like, oh, that's his brother, and I was like, oh, so yeah, I just found that out. Yeah, I did not know that, but yeah, go ahead, man. Uh, but I mean, just with all of that, this just isn't something that fits his character. Uh, yeah, it seems like this seems like it's motivated in other ways uh so i'm just gonna have to let this one play out i mean if he did something if he did what he's accused of it's horrible but uh it's just as of right now it just doesn't seem believable yeah i just i absolutely agree with this man i just look at the whole state of um you know just with whole the whole police brutality what he was kneeling for um, and everything like that with Kaepernick, man, I just find this absolutely hard to believe that when you ha- literally have black people getting shot and killed for having a cell phone in their hand, you getting black people, black women getting arrested for a failure to turn on a, uh, 
signal um, and such like that. If if a police officer was asleep, saw uh, Bennett, you know, hurt that woman um, in any way, shape, or form, I really could not see or respect uh, them to wait 14 months to arrest the guy or charge him for that situation. I just find that absolutely hard to believe. And especially with Bennett's uh, charitable charitable work and what he uh, stands up for, um, I just find this to be absolutely outrageous. And the thing that really upsets me and pisses me off the most about this is that uh, police chief, um, where they said, you know, there's no, they don't have any evidence on the guy. They're like, there's no video footage of him harming that woman or anything. And like the police chief is just making this guy out to be a complete monster. Yeah, um, basically yeah. charging him or convicting him without actually with it without any proof. Yeah, exactly. And so for you to convict somebody and, you know, call this guy a monster or whatnot, and you don't have any proof on him whatsoever, you're just going by somebody's word. I think that's absolutely terrible. And I think once he, uh, once if he's able to beat this and everything like that, I seriously believe that there needs to be some type of investigation, um, into that police department because if they are out here, uh, you know, convicting people that they don't have any evidence of whatsoever, trying to portray people as criminals, you know, ain't no telling who else they could have done that to. Um, I just find that to be absolutely outrageous that you're going by somebody's word. You don't have any evidence about them on them whatsoever. And for you to sit up there and portray the individual as a monster or, you know, whatever. I just think that's absolutely outrageous. You know, I understand that police officers, they have a job that they have to do um, as such. But, you know, to, to make this guy to be out of monster when you don't even have any evidence, uh, pretty much uh, guilty until proven innocent. Um, I think that's just an absolute disgrace. So. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, just to lead to not having proof, this supposedly happened at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Do you know how many cameras? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like everybody, like there's cameras on the field. People yeah. said the fans are filmed like that. That's just. That just blows my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so either, either he's Houdini or <laughs> I, I don't know what. Yeah, man. So I just um, I appreciate what he was able to do, man, for him to take his stance uh, that he did, um, especially just for uh, black community, what's going on, just with police brutality and such, man. Just his charitable work, uh, just outside of uh, his kneeling and everything like that. I really appreciate him. Um and I hope wish him the absolute best. So um, it's just I just think this is just an absolute disgrace. But um, I think he's going to pull it through. I think he's just going to win this. Um, so I just ask him, just you know, just stay strong and just uh, keep his head up, you know. But um, outside of that, man, anything else uh, you would like to add before we close this out? Nah, we covered it. All right. <laughs> Yeah, the thing this went pretty smooth, but um, as always, guys, I uh, appreciate y'all for tuning in uh, to the show. Um, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Twitter, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud. Just hit us up in that search engine. We should pop up. Don't kill the messengers podcast. Also, feel free to check us out on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys from there. But to then, uh, we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace.